0: the Word of God from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 4b through 15. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, The Advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: For some reason, I get assigned a lot of fitness segments. Yet through my journey into fitness, I've yet to find my happy place, discovering a workout that I'm truly content with. That is, until recently. The other day, I was taping on Fifth Avenue when I saw this guy doing this. What is this guy doing? So I did what any normal person would do. I joined him. And then just as quickly as he came into my life, he was gone. No name or fitness philosophy. All I could tell was that he went up and down Fifth Avenue like this. And then it dawned on me. This guy combines three of my favorite things. Interacting with people, seeing the city, and dancing. This could be the workout I've been waiting for. But there's only one way to find out. Booty bumping with these two hot tamales got me thinking. Dance walking is fun, but it would be even better with friends. We created a new exercise today. Oh? We don't have a name for it, but it's like dancing and walking combined. Now, if you guys are going to dance slash walk with us, uh-huh. you got to pick it, a workout song.
2: Call Me Maybe. You want to dance
1: with the Call Me Maybe? No. You don't want it at all? No. Really? Not at all. Tough.
2: to just love it uh, my sister sent me that video clip one day and you can watch more of it and his dance walking uh, on YouTube that's Ben Aaron um, he has a wonderful video and it just it's so uplifting is it when you watch it it just kind of lifts your spirit up but you know the imagery of dance is a very common one um, when we look at our life in general isn't it I mean, we talk about dance and work work relationships. We talk about dance and the relationship of friends and romantic relationships. We also talk about dance in faith. I mean, dance is an image we oftentimes use at faith. We'll say following God's leading is like joining in the dance of life. Poets, songwriters use dance imagery. The Trinity is even is referred to as a dance. There's a 4th century arch, archbishop who called the Trinity perichoresis, peri meaning around, and chorea in the classic Greek meaning choral dance, so around a choral dance. Well, today we find ourselves in the midst of the Pentecost season, and this Sunday is Trinity Sunday, where we as a community of faith celebrate together our belief in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and I love the way Amy uh, spoke about this. She said that while celebrating Pentecost is a previous event where the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, it's not just a past event, but it's also a present one. You know, for me, that reminded me that every day holds potential for Pentecost moments where the Spirit is available and open to every one of us. Today in our our scripture reading that we just heard, Jesus speaks of that Pentecost potentiality and the coming of the Spirit into the lives of the community of faith. In a sense, he's introducing the third person of the Trinity yet to come. Earlier in John's Gospel, in chapter 14, he also begins this dialogue with the disciples and he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. He says the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have for you. But peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, he said. In this section of the gospel and in the scripture that Laura read, Jesus was paving the way not only for his earthly departure but also for the work of the Spirit that was yet to come. I mean, he began to open them up to the understanding that the the Holy Spirit was not bound by physical time and space as Jesus was, but that the Spirit is eternal and ongoing and ever-present. I mean, listen, here in our reading today, Jesus says, For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Eugene Peterson said this about the Trinity. He said, the Trinity really doesn't have anything to do with arithmetic. It's not about puzzling over how one equals three or three equals one. But the Trinity is the church's way of learning to think and to respond relationally to God as God reveals God's self as Father and Son and holy spirit. Last week when Amy was talking about her challenge when she was working with kids and trying to describe the the ghost of Jesus showing up at resurrection and try to wrap the kids arms around that one. I laughed and chuckled and you know I have to be honest with you I've often found myself in that same position with the trinity trying to explain or unpack the trinity in, in different ways and I'm really not alone. Um, I think we're all in good company with that. You've oftentimes heard of other visual imagery sometimes used to describe the Trinity. I don't know if you ever heard of the, the water imagery or the egg or they'll use an apple. Describing three of its parts, all part of the whole, but each individual part. Um, the water is probably the most famous where we have a solid, a liquid, and a gas. No matter what the physical state is, the water is still water, Right. And the chemical composition is still the same. It's H2O. But all three of these, all these other imageries, they always kind of left me a little bit wanting in that area. But several years ago, um, Jim Harnish, our previous senior pastor, he used an image um, for the Trinity. And it's an image of three maidens. Three Maidens Dancing. It's a Three Maidens Dancing fountain. I think it's up here. Yep, right there. There they are. It's in New York City. And you can see the sculpture. The, the women are touching in hands, so they are interconnected, three of them, around the fountain. And for me, it was a beautiful imagery, um, transformational, really, for me. I even have a picture of it hanging in my wall. In his book, A Disciple's Heart, uh, which, by the way, you can get at the bookstore, Jim unpacks um, this so beautifully. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just use a few of his highlights from that book and see if we can kind of wrap our hands around a little bit of the Trinity here today. And um, if all else fails, you can go get his book because it's really, really good. Um, C.S. Lewis said this. In Christianity, God is not a static thing but a dynamic, pulsating activity, a a kind of a dance. Jim described when he said this sculpture, he said, you know, there's really no reason to think that this sculpture had any Trinitarian theology in mind when he designed it. But the image is a vibrant, never-ending dance of love and life. And for him, it opened up a new way of seeing the Trinity. Because you see, each figure is distinct. They're inseparably bound together in a dance that overflows with life and love. And the thing about the Trinity is we're invited into that dance. McGregor Vega, our incoming senior pastor, even weighed in on this concept. And he said this, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they work separately but simultaneously as movement one free-flowing energy of divine love. It's one dance and three dancers, all in perfect synchronicity that their separateness is indistinguishable one from the other. And it begins with the relationship, the relationship that God maintains within the Godhead. And it extends outwardly, inviting all of creation to take part in the dance. So shall we dance, he asks. We love that question. Shall we dance? Because the question really isn't about whether we can explain the Trinity. The question is, are we experiencing the reality of it in our lives? And I got to thinking, that's really the invitation for us, isn't it? In his book, The Disciple's Heart, Jim pulls out three tangible ways that we can make room for the spirit of God to work in our lives. And I really appreciated them because they're ones that I have found unfold in my life as well. And so I, I thought we'd just unpack them a little bit uh, briefly here this morning. The first one is that we need to acknowledge our need for it. I mean, as I look at this picture, this picture of this bronze sculpture, this dance that's occurring, I am rem- think about... God and Jesus and the Spirit dancing together and inviting me into that dance. And I'm reminded that God wants us to dance with them. But I also realize that I need to dance with them. You see, on my own, I trip and I stumble and I mess up. But when I'm connected with the Spirit of God, when I'm dancing with God, Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, and my life, well, then I move much more easily into God's will for my life. St. Augustine said this. He prayed this prayer one day. He said, the house of my soul is too small for you, Lord, to enter. Make it more spacious for my coming. Boy, I could relate to that. Which takes me to the second way in which we can make room for the Spirit in our lives. Not only do we acknowledge our need for it, but we allow for it to enter. One of my seminary professors said, it's really not so much that you need to do anything. It's just we need to stop resisting it. Because the Spirit is available and open to us at all times. We just need to stop resisting it. And i got to tell you, when he said it, it sounded really good, but it oftentimes is really hard. I mean, things get in the way, right? The busyness of life. I mean, sometimes just the lack of attention to it can create that separateness. But there's oftentimes when anger, resentment, jealousy, you know the list, those things get in the way. Keep me blocked off from allowing the spirit to enter. Keep us off, blocked off from the spirit working within us. And it reminded me of a physical activity that we used to do in dance class. And I thought we'd try it, see if it helps any of us or is it an illustration or not. We'll give it a try. Um, I'm going to invite you to do it sitting. You don't have to stand up. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to cross your arms. So go ahead and cross your arms. Around here, and I want you to squeeze really tight. Now, I want you to squeeze every part of your body really tight, including your face. You can scrunch it up really, really tight, and hold it really tight, and hold. Okay, release. Now, do it one more time. Ready, and tight, and hold. Okay, now feel what that feels like. Can you feel it? Okay, and you can let it go. Even just a sigh of relief to stop, right? Put Now, put your arms down to your side. Okay, and I want you to just roll your head. Now, roll your head a little bit. Roll your shoulders. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Shake out your arms a little bit, right? Shake them out. Now, everybody breathe in. And breathe out. Okay, one more time. Breathing in. Breathe out with a smile. Now, what's that feel like? Right? You know, nothing gets in when we're tight and we're bound up. But when we're loose, we soften. We're a little more flexible, more agile. We make space. And in that space, we can allow the spirit to move in, to heal us, to release things that are holding us captive. You know, when we open ourselves up and we make room, we can shift our attention to look for how the Spirit of God is at work in our lives, looking for the love, the kindness, the generosity that's right around us. But I realize that acknowledging our need and allowing the Spirit entering into our lives is not just a one-moment experience. It's a daily experience, and sometimes for me it's really an hourly one that takes place. Which takes me to the third way in which we activate the Spirit in our lives. It's you need to daily practice releasing control over and over again. Think about it. The scriptures tell us time and time again about how we cultivate this spiritual connection. Spiritual writers, even unto this day, tell us that we cultivate the spirit in our lives through spiritual practices like meditation, prayer, scripture reflection, worship. See, spiritual practices aren't just some kind of religious requirement or expectation, but they're actually the means, the means to which we can encounter the living God in our midst. And so when we release the stuff in our lives, the stuff that's blocking us from God's presence. We make room for the spirit to enter and to dance within our souls. And so the invitation for us is to acknowledge our need, allow the spirit to move and engage in whatever spiritual practice helps you to open up, to make room for the spirit to move in your life. As I look at this sculpture, and I think about that guy dancing in the street, I, I realize that just as we encounter the Spirit for ourselves, like the guy in the video, it doesn't just affect us. You see, it inspires another, and then another, and another, right? I mean, the video guy dancing in the street illustrated for me what it looks like when someone frees up their spirit to start dancing with Jesus And then lets another one join in and invites another one to do the same and another. I realize, you know, the dance doesn't have an individual impact only. While it can change us, it also has a communal one as well. I mean, at some point when we find ourselves dancing for Jesus together, strange as it seems, we end up in places like Nicaragua or teaching fifth graders Sunday school. Or heading across the river to the portico, or even just showing up here in worship on Sunday mornings. You know, last week when we were here in worship together, the band played this great Johnny Cash song called "A Ring of Fire." It was amazing just to watch it move. I mean, we are blessed with an amazing worship team, and the way the spirit moves in them each week. But Last week, I just watched it from in the back as it generated out among us. There was something that was just occurring as we relaxed, as we listened to the song. We had some heads bopping, some people moving, a couple of clapping, some folks were singing along. And it was like watching the room release, open up, and grab a hold of a sense of the peace and the joy it was God's and it wasn't because the ring of fire was some spiritual song It was a known song celebrating the joy of being together And listening to the music Kelly steer, um was saying during the offering times, you know what we had to do We need to do the dosi do up the center aisle during the offering. I mean she was really can we do that? Can we do that now? Don't worry. I'm not going to ask us to do that today um, but you know in other cultures Um, Especially African cultures, they actually do that at offering time. The offering is a time of celebration where they bring their gifts up, dancing in the aisle. It's a symbol of their gathering together and their time. But I did want to do something. I did want uh, to just invite us into that softening of the spirit together again that uh, Pentecost potentiality that we have when we gather together and joyfully celebrate being in the presence of God. And I asked the worship team to play a reprise of that song today. So we're going to close, and we're going to close with the band playing for us. And as the ushers come forward, I'm going to invite you to stand up and take the collection, just to relax yourselves and stand. You can tap a foot. Clap a hand. Join together in singing if you like. But may we together this week make room for the spirit to God, of God to dance within our souls. And as the band comes forward, let me offer up this prayer that Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus. I pray that according to...